0: San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com.
1: He's going to come into the front court. Ten seconds left. Tied at 80 in overtime. It's just going to be him trying to break it down off a of ball screen. Five seconds left. Boots on the left side. Hassan Diarra. Diarra three straight away. Nailed it! Again! Hassan Diara! 83-80 A&M. Point one left. He did it again in overtime.
2: that's andrew monaco the voice of the texas a&m aggies on this radio station just a couple of hours ago had me on the edge of my seat in my car monaco he's the best the beauty of being the aggie affiliate is we're sitting here in the studio it's Joe Reinagle, it's James Pledger and myself, because Joe doesn't come, uh, or Rob Thompson, you, you were on your way. <laughs> you weren't here yet. And we're in here. We've got the radio sound on, but we're watching everything on the TV. And going back and forth because almost simultaneously, while the Longhorns were completely bleeping their pants, <laughs> the Aggies were, were were looking that way. But then they hit the big shot. Let's talk about it with the voice of the Aggies. Andrew Monaco joins us now. Have your nerves calmed down a little bit since then, Andrew?
1: Yeah, uh, Once I take more heart medicine, I realize I'm pretty good, but uh, <laughs> this, this, this team, man, I'm telling you, I didn't have gray hair when this season started.
2: <laughs> well, one of the things that I found interesting is Florida, they they prefer to, to get down double digits and then they come back and they get a lot of wins. That is their MO. So at no point should any Aggie fan that knew anything about their opponent have been comfortable with that big lead. But as the Aggies squandered that lead, what was going through your mind as you were calling the game?
1: You know, uh, go back six games ago to Reed Arena. The Aggies had a 13-point lead in that second half and needed Wade Taylor to force three free throws at the end of that one. And and Florida actually had a good look uh, in that. And you're thinking what was a little bit different was Florida was really hitting shots. And I thought they played off this crowd in Tampa very well who the Aggies kept silent through so much of the game. But if you notice, it was really a lot of their their role players stepped up huge in this game. Kowasee Reeves. Uh, Fleming's a good player, but it was Niles Lane and Reeves. The Aggies kind of controlled Castleton. And I think when you look back, um, the Aggies did a good job. Castleton didn't get the touches. He's the big seven-footer that they play through an awful lot but Florida had that confidence and their role players were hitting shot after shot. And just when you think, you know, my partner, Dr. John Thornton is, is always saying, Hey, no fouls. It would be an and one. And that momentum was there. That momentum was there, but they never had the lead in regulation. The Aggies had the ball at the end and took the final shot. It was off the heel by boots Radford and guys, the Aggies never fell behind. They only trailed twice in the game but it was always one possession. And as soon as they fell behind 73-70, they scored the next five points. I thought that was a key moment uh, in in that overtime that Florida – I think if Florida goes up four, five, it's a different story. But the Aggies were able to answer because Florida had all the momentum going into overtime.
0: That's the best thing about college basketball. It is always exciting. And, Andrew, I'm just happy you joined us again. You know, the last time we talked to you, the Aggies were getting ready for a big game against Kentucky, and then they yeah. lost like four in a row after that. I'm saying Monaco's no, going, no, I'm no, never Joe, coming no, back on that show again.
1: Joe, Joe, it was eight, and I'm like, you guys are
2: <laughs>
0: Was it really eight? Was it really?
1: They lost eight in a row this year. Wow. They won their first four in conference, lost eight. They've now won five straight and six of their last seven. Like we were joking last Saturday against Mississippi State. They got to the 20 wins. And they got they're nine and nine in the conference before today. It's just the way they got there. But I think it speaks to this team and that resilience. At no point did they point fingers or get down on one another. And if you've ever listened to Buzz talk, you know he always talks about the spirit. But this team just really – the, the, the resolve that they showed today is the resolve that they have showed um, all season. I, it's, it's big. They got to 21. I know they're on the outside looking in, but a couple of eye-opening wins, I think the win at Alabama last Wednesday – and the way they won this, you know, I wish they had won by double digits and, and could have locked it down. But, Joe, like you said, that's college basketball. You you have those runs and momentum, especially, um, you know, when you have guys this age playing. But uh, I, I think there's going to be some attention to Hassan Diara hitting another big three. The reason why I say again, second game of the season, he did it in double overtime at Reed Arena. To beat Abilene Christian, so uh, again, ice water in the veins, grit, whatever you want. He, he's a he's a kid. He's from Queens, New York. He's pretty unflappable. He was really good, but uh, this has been a different team at the back end of this season.
2: Andrew Monica, the voice of the Aggies, joining us here on the Blitz after A and M held on and beat Florida in overtime, eighty-three eighty earlier today in the SEC tournament. Watching the game and. I didn't hear any of Buzz's post game comments, but I believe Florida had zero fouls in the first half, and it felt like the uh, official swallowed the whistle quite a bit in the second half, especially in overtime and that one bizarre call that got overturned out of bounds play with about eighteen seconds left, if I remember correctly uh right
1: in front of us yeah
2: yeah, yeah um I don't know if Buzz talked about the officiating but what did Buzz think about the officiating? <laughs> he
1: he 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 was smart. He was in the press conference. We took his first two answers. I know he made an opening statement. We took some of Henry Coleman the third and Hassan Diarra in the press conference. Normally, you know, we get Buzz after every game, but the tournament he's got it. He's got his commitment to SEC Network, and then he goes back to that press conference, and we just can't wait. But that's why we we're able to get Wade Taylor the fourth afterwards. They bring him. I, I, he did not say. He did not say anything. Uh, about that, which which might be might be smart. Again, there were six fouls in that first half, all on Texas A and M. For the game, jeez, uh, I think it's thirty nine. No, I'm sorry, forty six fouls are called in that game. Six in the first half, forty six total. Wow, second half and overtime, they were called completely different. And my problem is. I thought that they dictated who was playing in this game for each team. Quentin Jackson fouls out. Boots Radford saddled with fouls. I just don't like the disparity. It's it's interesting. Greg Sankey was two-hour right. So it was Bob Delaney who oversees the officials uh, for for the SEC. Not so much the disparity in the foul calls, the disparity in the way it was called in the first half and the way it was called in the second half. And you're right. It was even slightly different in overtime. Uh, for that one but you know you have to adjust if it if it becomes touch fouls then in the second half you know what you've you've got to respect that but um yeah Aggie fought through through all of that and uh you know they did it without Quentin Jackson who is the SEC player of the week um and and they found a way again they they almost adopt that football and or you know hockey mentality of of the next man up and and they found a way
0: you know, Andrew, I, I love the college basketball tournaments, the conference tournaments, because, hey, you win a game, you're right back at it the next day, and that's the case for the Aggies. And they got a tough one tomorrow, obviously. It's Auburn, and that's a game that I see that even if the Aggies, and not the, obviously they can win it, but they need to play Auburn well, don't you think, to open yes. up the eyes yes. further and, and say, hey, yeah. we, de- we deserve a spot in the tournament?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be another eye-opening game for them. But, look, Auburn, Auburn's talented. They're the number one seed for a reason. They have, um, you know, the freshman of the year, in Jabari Smith, who's also first-team SEC. They've got Walker Kessler, the transfer from North Carolina, who had a triple-double when the Aggies played them last month on February 12th. And the, the triple, part of the triple-double was 12 blocks against AM and and he can affect the game on, on both ends of the floor. I'll tell you a guy that I like on Auburn an awful lot – is the transfer from Georgia, K.D. Johnson. I I think he is a tough point guard. As I say that, I think it's the guard play of a and M. I I think they forced Florida to put their point guard on the bench today in Tyree Appleby because he was struggling and, and turning it over. And and it's Gordon and Diara and Radford. Um, th- those guards will, will get after you. Uh, but K.D. Johnson and, and Auburn, they had their way uh, when we played in Auburn earlier in the season again it's, it's a it's a hard matchup but I say this I don't think it's the same team that went into Auburn on February 12th I, I think this team's playing with confidence buzz has said you know what whatever the label is that you have point guard point forward center get rid of it I'm playing the five who are going to give max effort every time and that's why this starting lineup looks like it does of Wade Taylor the fourth who's a freshman Manny Obasicki who's a freshman. Boots Radford, Henry Coleman, Quentin Jackson. Coleman's your tallest guy at 6-8. He's he's taken the labels off and gone with Max Effort guys and the same thing coming off the bench. Who's going to give a, who's going to give me Max Effort while the other guy, you know, take takes a rest. He played his starters a little longer than he's done in the past. Basically two media timeouts. You don't always see that, but he's going to ride on what I think is now their big 3 of Radford, Coleman, and Quentin Jackson, and they have been really good in this five-game winning streak.
2: Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Aggies, joining us here on the Blitz. You heard him this afternoon with that big win over Florida. You'll hear him on the call tomorrow, pregame at 10.30, tip at 11 a.m., right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Do you like those early starts, Andrew?
1: (laughs) Yep, yep. You know why? Because we start at 12.02. Could you imagine being LSU in Missouri and having to start your pregame you think you're tipping at 2.30, so you might have had a 2 o'clock pregame. You've got you to go down the line and tell all your affiliates, hey, A&M in Florida is not done. You've got to fill all that time. <laughs> I, I think there's something to it. Look, it's a, it's a, it, it, we don't buzz and stop the shoot-around this late in the season because he he does things through a hotel. Joe, if you remember, that's the old NBA way. Yeah. You, you, get a, you get a ballroom, and it's almost like a walkthrough for that. Uh, they they do that in the morning and then make their way over. We were able to shoot on Tuesday after we land. I'm sorry, yesterday, Wednesday, uh, before the first round of games. So, uh, you know, you do that. I like it because I know that our tip is going to be at 11.02 tomorrow. That's That's the nice thing. Instead of having to wait and get that 25-minute warm-up and sometimes there's time to kill. Although a lot of people say – I can fill the
2: time. I'd yeah. rather not. Yeah, you can.
0: You can, Monica. <laughs> yeah. No question. All right, all right, Andrew. I know what the players are doing today. They probably had a nice meal and maybe go over some stuff, but they're resting. So, what does Andrew Monaco do tonight? Are you gargling with Listerine? Or, or, or what, what's what's your night like?
1: Sure, Listerine is that brown liquid, right? <laughs> That's, it's it's a little different. No, you know what? I, I, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I've got A uh, and M and Auburn. I've got to do my notes for tomorrow. I'm going to search through the post game and uh, get it, all the sound ready uh, for tomorrow. We still we still have another show that we have to do a, a pregame and and get ready and get and get Buzz Williams as well his pregame thoughts tomorrow. So it is preparation. It's a quick turnaround, but I have got every team and and every. Uh, Score sheet that I use, I printed it all out for every option of teams that we're going to play. You'd love to be able to go deep in that library uh, if you have to and, and prepare for Auburn tomorrow.
2: And a good place to prep in Tampa is a little bar down there near the arena called <laughs> Hat Tricks. It, 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 it's a fantastic bar. Um, go check it out. It's a good it's a good quiet spot. Uh, you'll, you'll get a lot of homework done. <laughs>
1: it's a very good spot by the way and uh we've already checked it out we may go we may be going right back there because as you guys mentioned this is a great time of the year with all the tournaments going on throughout the country
2: absolutely andrew monaco on a very busy day uh tell everybody at Hatrix we said hello and uh, have a good call tomorrow go aggies
1: thanks so much for having me guys
2: Appreciate it. Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Texas A&M Aggies.